0: Hello and welcome to Switzer TV Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. On a day when the market lost nearly 13 points, we saw travel and other stocks that will benefit from the vaccine jabs taking Australia closer to the pre coronavirus normalcy. Smart investors are buying in anticipation of normalcy coming to us over 2021 and rolling into 2022. So on tonight's show, we have tried Becker's June Bay Lou looking at Tyro, which reported today, Doe, Appen, and a whole lot of other interesting companies. Paul Rickard tells us why he likes Wesfarmers, despite the fact that the share price is falling. And then Julia Lee of Vermin Invest looks at the hot stock she likes right now and evaluates a number of other companies that I throw her way. And finally, we talk to the MD of Aussie Broadband, Phil Britt, this company's been doing really well. Phil explains why. That's the show. Let's kick off with June Bailloo. Well, I'm catching up with uh, June Bailloo, who is the Portfolio Manager of Tribeca Alpha Fund. Great to see you.
1: Good to see you. Thank you. Did
0: I get it right? This is a Tribeca Alpha
1: Fund? <laughs> Tribeca Alpha Plus Fund. Uh, I, knew, <laughs> I
0: knew there was something in there that I forgot. Uh, let's talk about some pluses. Um, sure. Tyro... Uh, reported today it was a victim of a viceroy uh, negative report Mm. it basically was a short selling strategy Um, do you think the market is believed that tyro is in a much better position than what Viceroy was portraying them?
1: Absolutely. So today the result really dispelled some of the allegations that mm. the short seller report have talked to mm. about longer term impact, about churn, about all, all of those things. So mm. the result was incredibly good. So we're seeing the share price um, reaction, which is up close to 10%. Uh, and I think it's quite justified. Uh, quite justified. Uh, and I think the share price from here on is really, um, you know, investors will build that confidence on the back of this result Mm. uh, which is black and white numbers um, of um, sending it higher
0: you've always liked the company and i guess you had to cop the fact that maybe vice versa could have been right but when you you started to analyze it you thought there were a lot of holes in i think robbie cook the ceo eventually found what he thought 10 false statements would would you like to think that, that the regulator could eventually get on top of these external hedge funds yeah. who short sell a stock. And that, I'm pointing I think yeah. WiseTech Global copped it, yeah. Uh, yeah. corporate travel management copped yeah. it as well. I don't know if that was a foreign yeah. hedge fund. But in many ways, we in the media have to be careful that we don't always think that these guys are right. And that they are whistleblowers. Sometimes they are market manipulators, aren't they? Mm.
1: I think it definitely they um, they they send the wrong signal for for the share price. Now, um, for the regulators, it's important to uh, regulators and um, you know everyone else really, even investors, they're important to recognise what's actually in those reports. Uh, sometimes mm. they're just pointing out. In the case of Tyro, they're pointing out what the problem was, mm. and then they take an insinuation of um, you know how long it might last, and mm. um, you know and and some of those insinuation, and you know what comes with. Those short seller report normally is with very has very long disclaimers um, that cover their liabilities. Yeah. Um, so it's um, you know for lawyers it's generally difficult to get through to to those short seller. But as investors it's incredibly important to be discerning um, to see what's being talked about in those issues um, and you know knowing the company and uh, knowing um, you know some of the underlying fundamentals of what what's really changed. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's also look at WebJet's had a good day today, mm. uh, and, it's, and I, I noticed on Friday when I was, well basically on Saturday morning when I was doing the Switzer Report, uh, that Wall Street was really rotating into mm. the reopening trade mm. big time, and Carnival mm. was up nearly 21% That's right. over the week. Mm. Do you think the market's moving too early, or they're moving at the right time?
1: Look, I think for um, travel agents, um, market is moving quite early because Mm. the earning is not there yet. So Mm. the reason they're moving in a big way is that, you know, those companies have lagged in terms of share price performance. They haven't really gone anywhere in the last little while, Mm. whereas the rest of the market has gone higher. So there's a bit of catch up to do. Mm. Um, uh, And also, market was quite excited about some of the um, data coming out of Israel where they have uh, put in a lot of uh, vaccination. Mm. They vaccinated a lot of their population. 80%?
0: Yeah,
1: it's been incredible the feedback so you know um, and then the world is um, you know the hope is that we will get it soon and then the world can return to normal mm. and hopefully these companies earning will return but it is still um, 12 month away for those travel business to return to normal so yeah. it is early but it's just a bit of catch we always on.
0: say the stock market gets in six months early, but this seems a little bit too early but yeah, still I agree uh, I'm, I'm happy because I'm holding some of those stocks mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about some of the companies that have done pretty well and these are asked of us in our Boom Doom Zoom show, what do you think of a company like Dope? D O U.
1: Sure. Um, look, it's uh, it sits in that sort of neo bank um, sort of um, uh, um, a space. Um, now, it's uh, that whole space has experienced incredible amount of growth mm. um, simply because the big four banks was uh, you know a little bit lagging because mm. in the last few years because of, um, you know transparency and the royal commission. So the mm. big banks has uh, you know hasn't really grown much. Yeah. Uh, whereas those neo bank has grown incredibly. Now uh, it is a very competitive space. Um, you know wealthness apps and the like is. Uh, um there are many out there so it's competitive we're not sure which one will be the last one. Um, we just saw Bank of Queensland bought me mm. um, the digital bank. ME I mean, you mean bank, <laughs> me. Yeah, bank. In <laughs> yeah. should not yeah. yeah, not right. No, no, <laughs> no yeah yeah. Uh, so <laughs> and uh, so um you know so it is a space where um, there's real earnings coming through but it is incredibly <laughs> um you know competitive and they're not um, you know, most of those businesses. So dough
0: at 22 cents is pretty well-priced, do you think, at this stage?
1: I think at this point it's really well-priced.
0: Okay, let's go to Avita Medical, which mm. of course was the, the, the um, company that Dr. Fiona Wood mm. founded many years ago with the Bali bombing victims mm. of plastic spray on skin. Sure. And, and they were doing really well, but uh, people have told me that part of their challenge is um, hospitalizations for skin problems and things like that have been really pushed back because of the coronavirus and it has come off the boil. What do you think of Avita at this point in time?
1: Look, I think, um, uh, first of all, there's two things. So um, uh, absolutely, the hospital was impacted and the like. So earning will return the next Mm. 12 months. And I think that's good for the earnings. Um, But the issues for those biotech is that most of them are trading on very expensive earnings um, Mm. and they are growth companies and Mm. many of them is not yet profitable. So, um, you know, for Avita, it's going to struggle in the current environment. Like you said, people mm. are buying cheaper stuff, mm. uh, pe- cheaper things like travel and the mm. like, because um, you know earnings going to grow enormously in the next two years, and you're not paying much for. it. Whereas these names, they are very, very expensive, even mm. though the earning might improve a little bit. But they, uh, many of them, still not yet cash flow positive.
0: Okay, let's go to another one, Polynovo. Mm. Think of that had a pretty good run over six months. It was up 2.54% today around yeah. that mark.
1: What do you think of Polynova? Look, I think it sort of sits in that similar space of being quite expensive. Now, one of the things was rather disappointing with Polynova was, um, I think there was, it rallied very hard into the result. Um, people were expecting a better earnings um, and, um, you know, less impact from the COVID related, um, yeah. you know, shutdown, hospital yeah. shutdown and things. Um, but, and, and yet it disappointed recently in the most Recent update, uh, very expensive, um, and uh, you saw the share price has come off quite a bit. Now it. Relative to this stock, I much rather own a little name called um, uh, Aroa, A-R-X is the code. Mm. So very similar, much, much cheaper. And it's uh, so far has done a lot of clinical trial and then um, it's showing really, really strong numbers and just started going to the US um, and a couple of other markets. Um, and if anything, this business will have the potential to double and triple. So um, that business is much by the by comparison. So that's
0: A-R-X and how's it pronounced?
1: Um, Aroa.
0: Aroa. Aroa, okay. Final one for you uh, in your your, your test <laughs> um, is Appen. Now, a lot of people bought Appen. It's a part of the WAC stocks. Mm. And it's copped a bit in recent times. Mm. A lot of the analysts think it's got lots of potential upside. Mm. But I, I'm not quite sure what time period. Mm. What's your view on Appen?
1: I... I like appen as a thematic because mm. it has the one of the very few exposure to that AI um, space. Yeah. Um, it's it's done very well over the last few years because it's got big contracts with um, Google's and Facebook and like for their um, you know the language uh, relevant search. Yeah. Um, and now obviously COVID has impacted the business right. and it slowed down somewhat. Um, I think th- at this result be pretty important to see the quality of the result. People started getting a bit cautious on uh, whether that growth um, you know whether they do have that growth coming through just because the space is becoming a bit more competitive okay. um, so and the currency isn't great um, because most of earnings come from the us dollars so that's not great for yep. us so it's probably more a market perform um, but if they can demonstrate still very strong organic growth i mm. think it's a, it's very cheap okay for, so imagine
0: in 12 months time mm. the vaccinations have worked economies are getting back to pre-coronavirus normality mm. would you then expect happen to benefit from that even though? Uh, maybe the currency could be even higher, but it, the the less threat from the coronavirus, the better it would be for a company like Appen.
1: Um, uh, I, I think Appen will do a bit better than the rest of the other company mm. that have benefited from coronavirus, mm. so such as e-commerce businesses. Yeah. Um, so it will do better than that. Mm. So you need to look at in that bar bucket, yeah. but it, uh, what will do even better will be the travel will do so much better of than course. the rest of yeah. them. So, yeah. you know, you've got to look at them in the relative sense. So against other tech names that have all done well mm. relative to the others, um, Apple should do better than the rest. Okay, of them. one
0: last one. This comes from left field, but I was just listening to you then thinking about it. Now Zero's come off the boil. It's mm. a company that you've liked mm, in, in the past. I I like it too. Mm. Um, well, what's the the price at which you you buy more zero? Do you think?
1: To be honest I think with zero just um, you know any pullback I'll, I'll, I'm happy to hold it it, mm. it is um, you know I think even though the world will get excited about the growth come from companies that leverage to this uh, um, economic recovery mm. um, but I think you can't dismiss um, the structural growth drivers um, uh, the, the growth leaders mm. like zero because um, money is so cheap to come by return is hard to generate mm. for a company that can grow which is actually really hard to come by so they will always be more expensive than the rest of them. Mm. It is one of the core holding in the portfolio, and just you know, trim when it does well and buy back more when it comes off. So yeah. it's one of those core holdings. But if I
0: said to you, where do you think this stock will be in three years' time? Would, would it have a, a two-handle on, on this? So definitely, yeah. definitely be holding so a two hundred dollar plus stock. That's right. Yeah. So
1: that's an easy way to look at those growth stocks. Yeah. You take a three-year view.
0: And the thing is. is, is it, they're trying to increase their market share in both the UK and the mm. US, having a lot of success in the UK, I believe, mm. and gradual success, but the US market is such a big one. So if mm. they do even, if they double their market share, they've mm. got, which is small, it'd be, it'd be a pretty good result.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and they're already showing very good signs in the US as mm. well. So, and then after US, perhaps there will be other markets. So, mm. you know, it's just incredible market opportunity for this business, and that's just o- organic growth, really.
0: Okay, yes. Jim Ballou? from the Tribeca Alpha Plus Fund.
1: (laughs) Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. This episode was brought to you by WCM Investment Management, a California-based global equities manager with an outstanding long-term track record. This chart shows the significant outperformance of WCM's quality global growth strategy over the past one year, three years, five years, 10 years, and since its inception. Investors can access the strategy via the ASX with their choice of an exchange-traded managed fund, WCMQ, or a listed investment company, WQG.
0: Well, joining me now is my colleague from the Switzer Report, Paul Rickard. Hi, Paul. Hi, Brendan. Okay, now today you uh, wrote about uh, Wes Farmers in the Switzer Report. and You've been a big fan of Wesfarmers, and I know last week when it reported and the share price came off the boil, you were a bit disappointed. Have you reconciled that that price fall?
3: Well, it came off a bit more today, Peter, but I think it's a very low risk um, acquisition, around about $52.60. I wrote about today whether it could get up to $60. I think it can. I think the great thing about West Farmers is that uh, it's got some great businesses, Bunnings, Kmart and Officeworks, and all of those businesses are on fire even uh, the target part of the business has come back to life so some really good uh, both sales growth and also earnings growth. And then you've got potential upside um, potentially in the sense that it's um, it does have another division in uh, energy and fertilizers and, uh, and and chemicals. but it's recently announced it's going ahead with its lithium project in western Australia that's in uh, that's going not going to come online until two thousand and twenty four but it's going to be probably the big biggest lithium deposit in Australia or the mining of the biggest lithium deposit in Australia. Mm. It's particularly cashed up. It's actually got net cash as to the 31st of December. Uh, I think they run a pretty disciplined program at West Farm has always been big on capital. And um, I don't see there's much downside, Peter. Um, so yeah. it's not much downside to stock, but it's got letting businesses, uh, I think it can go up. Yeah. The other reason I like it, Peter, is that I still think this year is still about the consumer. We know consumers are super cashed up. Uh, we know there's a lot of money going on to homewares, into renovations, uh, into other goods. I don't think that's going to change in the short term because we can't spend it overseas. And uh, I think there's a... there's there's definitely a momentum uh, for any consumer-facing stocks. The market, as you know, tends to come and go on these, and I think when the market's in a bit of a down mood like it is at the moment, this is a bit of a buying opportunity.
0: Yeah, and we should explain to people that, you know, a fund manager could still like a company like Wesfarmers or CSL. CSL's down as well, but they often sell to make profit, which they then use to buy the stocks that are really popular in the short term like the, the travel stocks have gone for a nice ride. So it's not that there's anything wrong with the company, but they just want to take their money, use it in a, in a, for a short time, and that maybe they'll sell their travel stocks and buy back in it with, with farmers and see sell at low prices.
3: Yeah, I think, I think you're right, Peter. I mean, a lot of what fund managers are, are about is trying to Optimize performance. And sometimes that means that when you've got nice, comfortable, steady stocks, you just need to look a little bit elsewhere to get some of that alpha. Hmm. That doesn't mean they don't like them. Uh, but as we know, markets tend to sort of go and you know, they rotate quickly. Hmm. Uh, and what could be very fashionable today may not be fashionable in, you know, two weeks or four weeks or even six months. And I think what you're seeing with West Farmers is just people saying, it's a very steady stock, had a good performance. It did what's, what's, what's expected look, we know it can go up a little bit more, but we can probably get more zing for our dollar looking at something else. And hence in that environment, you get just a little bit of, uh, uh, of profit taking. So look, I'm not, you may not have to buy it right now, but I don't think there's much downside of it. And I think when the market has a look again at uh, at consumer facing stocks, West Farm will be one of the first it goes to.
0: Yep. Uh, now, now today in this report, I actually looked at five stocks that have more than 20% upside. They were in the list of uh, stocks on the ASX 200 between 101 and 200. And I, I was looking for something that stocks also might benefit from this reopening trade that as economies become more like normal, all the companies that suffered during the coronavirus period and, and stay-at-home stocks were really popular. I look for those that had big upside according to the expert analysts. Now, I will not I talk about all of them, Paul, but I might take a couple of them. If anyone mm-hmm. wants to read it, they can actually go and take a 21-3-day tr- day trial to see what the rest of those stocks were. But let's just talk about an interesting one, I think, is corporate travel management because it's even surprised me how well it's done considering the fact that no one's travelling.
3: Yeah, I think you're right, Peter. It wasn't... Uh Look, I forget what the high was, but we're only about halfway between the bottom and the high. Yeah. It was
0: like, about $36. It's around $18. Now you're right. Yeah. But a lot
3: of the recovery's already happened. Yeah. Look, I think there's probably is upside in that, in that stock. I mean, its business is really around helping major corporates um, really plan, get the most out of their travel dollar. And a lot of the stuff that goes around that, it's not so much just booking airline flights um, and uh, they've been fairly badly impacted. Well, I think there's stuff in that. I mean, I, I of the travel stocks, Peter, I, I prefer the pure play of Qantas, but mm. uh, you might have to be a bit patient there. Mm. Um, but look, yeah, I mean, the, we've seen what's been happening in the US over the last week or so, and you pointed out just what had happened, I think, to some of the, you know the, the cruise carnival cruises and mm. a few others, how much they went up last week. And I guess we follow suit in Australia without really thinking too much about it. So that yeah, might right. go the
0: same way. Well, this is what I did think about, Paul, and that was... Uh, Ooh Media, and once again over 20% um, um, I can't remember ex- exactly what number but it was a big number and I, I was just thinking about this company you know um, these sort of companies nowadays they have advertising in shopping centres in elevators mm. in airports and you, you see those flashing uh, billboard signs everywhere. They must have really suffered because of the coronavirus. And so as we become more normal, it kind of makes sense that they could start to do better. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I like this one and perhaps it's, it's probably in the higher risk category, but I think yeah. there might be a little more upside in it. Hmm. And um, I, I guess that's partly because uh, we can see at some stage a bit few more people returning to work. But, um, you know, they've been, as you say, impacted because people aren't going to airports uh, people, not as many people are going into, uh, into the major office buildings, and you don't know, only get in most lifts these days, you mm. get a whole lot of you know, flashy of adver- of advertising and things that largely comes from companies like U Media. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be harder for them, but um, look, they're they're a pretty well run company, and I guess you're just going to have to be patient. Yeah. I think one thing I'm not 100% sure of, Peter, is just how strong the balance sheet is. I mean, the challenge for all these companies is how they survive. Um, And if this thing goes on longer, Mm. uh, it it has a bigger impact. But I think of the stocks in terms of the reopening trade stocks, I thought that was a really interesting one, Peter.
0: Yeah. I I also think, Paul, there's been a lot of positive comments around television stations on the basis that advertising is going to start coming back a lot stronger in 2021. And these guys are in the advertising space too, aren't they?
3: Yeah. And probably the, the others don't have anywhere near the upside that the analysts say is for Mm. a company like Boom
0: Media. Terrific. All right, mate, uh, we're out of time now, but thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Peter. Well, joining us now, as she does each week, is Julia Lee from Berman Invest. Great to see you, Julia.
4: Great to be here, Pete.
0: All right, now let's kick off with the hot stock that you like right now. As a company I didn't know much about, Ticket card is IGO, but tell us about
4: it. Sure. Um. this is in the battery space. So I guess if we have a look at electric vehicle and the take up of electric vehicles, it's really accelerating quite quickly. If We have a look at the number of countries that are looking to ban the sale of new petrol and diesel cars mm. in 10 years time. These include places like the UK, Germany, France, and the list is continuing to grow. So I think that we will see this structural shift happening quite quickly in terms of electric vehicles. Now, if we have a look at Independence Group, this is a company that's transforming from a traditional nickel and gold miner to be selling off its gold assets, so its Tropicana mine is up for sale. And then looking at acquiring a stake in lithium assets, which should be completed by the June quarter. So in this company, you have access to nickel, gold, as well as lithium, all three commodities that I think are, are not only going to do well in 2021, but are going to continue to do well because of that structural shift and the electric vehicle thing.
0: Mm. And it's also interesting that they had diversification as well, because if, say, lithium's not doing well, gold could be going through the roof and vice versa.
4: Yeah, they're looking to sell off the gold assets. So if we have a look at lithium, copper and nickel, I think they're all tied together in terms of the battery theme. So a lot of it is dependent on sentiment around electric vehicles and, of course, there's government-imposed targets. Um, Electric vehicle take-up in China has also been strong. We've seen a a number of subsidies which have helped that. So that's only going to continue to increase as well. So that should bode well for uh, battery and look, I'm positive on things like nickel as well as lithium rare earth. And I think in Independence Group, you've got an interesting combination of uh, lithium mm. copper as well as nickel, which will, I think will do
0: well. And you suspect they'll get good money for their gold assets?
4: Yeah. I mean, if you have a look at the Tropicana gold assets, if you have a look at the book value, it's not much in terms of what they've recorded on their books. And, of course, gold miners are pretty cashed up at the moment, especially Australian gold miners, the Aussie dollar price of gold. Although it hasn't done too much over the last few months, it's still at a relatively high price. So, look, I think it's a good time to be looking at selling those assets and jumping into the start of which I think is going to be a pretty strong trend in terms of the battery related minerals.
0: Okay, here are a couple of companies that people have been asking us about in our Boom Boom Zoom show. What do you think of a company like Doe, D-O-U?
4: Yeah, look, it's a hot space at the moment, but I'd be a little bit cautious when it comes to Doe. There's a few reasons behind that. Um, and look, I do like strong growth companies, but this one's just too small at the moment. If we have a look at the number of customers that it has, 8,000 customers, the amount of deposits it has, which is less than $1 US dollars all in total. Now, it hasn't been long since they launched. They launched in November, and they really brand themselves as a financial wellness platform. Um, And then through that, I think they're looking at selling various products, whether it's giving you a bit of a, a bump before your paycheck and then you can pay it back in installments or a deal that they've done with Hum in the buy now, pay later space. They don't have a banking license, they don't have a neo-banking license, so it is a financial wellness platform. But this is too early stage for me, and there are a few warning signals. One of the things that I usually do when it's a hot stock, whether it was the cannabis stocks, which not too long ago was very, very hot, is I look at the issue capital, and I'm just looking at it now. And if you have a look at the issue capital, the number of shares on issue is about 360 million, but then in addition in addition to that, there's another 84 million restricted shares. There's another 212 restricted shares. And then there's performance shares of 20 million, another lot of performance shares of 54 million. Options expiring in 2024 of 30,000 shares. Um, options expiring in 2024 of another 54 million shares. So that tells me look, There's a lot of incentive payments going there um, to Mm. people at the moment. And I probably don't like the amount of issued shares as well as options there that they have, which means that there's dilution down the track if they do um, start to gain traction. So, look, this one's probably too early for me, too small for me. It's only got 8,000. Our customers, only I think less than 20,000 people that have downloaded the app, so really too small, especially for the amount of money that it's managed to raise.
0: Yeah, okay, uh, you've got a very good assessment there, Julia. Let's go to a more well-known company in Appen. Now, it's been part of the wax stocks, it's had some really good times, but it has struggled of late. Is, is it going to have a turnaround story eventually?
4: Look, I think this is a key week for Appen. Now, Appen has really been in the area of AI and data-driven strategies. And if we have a look at Appen, the reason why the share price has been so hammered is because that they have had a COVID-19 impact on sales. Um, and so we've seen the shares coming down quite substantially. Now, if Appen just manages to get back to the growth rates it was pre-COVID-19, I wouldn't be worried at all. But I, I did see a, a note out from Macquarie Macquarie around about a week ago saying that they're concerned that it's not just a COVID-19 impact at the moment, but underlying that in their uh, data annotation area that they are seeing um clients and potential clients moving to AI driven uh, strategies so you're starting to see some of their client base being eaten away there so Mm -hmm. look I think this reporting season is going to be very important to get an insight into what's happening at Appen it has been one of those huge success stories here in Australia and look the big tech giants do depend on it but it is a question of whether we are starting to See the spend going elsewhere instead of appens. So, look, I'm probably neutral at this point given how much the shares have come back. And the key question I usually ask when you do see, I guess, um, bad news coming out is is it a once off or is it forever? And for Appen, if it's just a once-off and COVID-driven, then I'd be happy to buy the shares now. The concern, though, is that there's something bubbling around in the background. So that's what I'd be concerned about. And keeping a close eye out on any comments around when the results come out this week.
0: Okay, one last one. Avita Medical, it's been uh, Mm. a good performer. It's struggled. People tell me, well, they have problems in the US uh, because hospitalisation is related to covid that haven't been able to progress what they do over there as well. But what's your research telling you?
4: Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't mind Avita. I like it. And often when we look at Avita, it gets compared to Polynovo, and Polynovo has a much higher valuation on it than Avita. Avita is looking relatively cheap in comparison. There are similarities between the two companies. Both mm. the products can be used to treat severe burns, and uh, both the companies have been impacted by COVID-19 and the hospital situation over in the U.S. Having said that, the products are a little bit different. Polynova has a little bit more of an edge in that you can use their product in things like Uh, breast reconstruction as well as hernias which they're working on at the moment and polynova uh, products is all about a dissolvable or a a product that disappears it's a polynova Um, whereas Avita is the spray on skin so it matches your skin color and aesthetically there could be potential uses as well so just based on valuations i probably like Avita more i think it has been punished for moving its head office over to the u.s and the u.s domicile Mm. Um, so i think there's a bit more value there. And both of these stocks, are really about bounce back up after COVID-19. And once the hospital situation in the US, which is still overburden, starts to normalise.
0: So you like both, but you prefer Avita over Polynova. I prefer
4: Avita. If we have a look at Polynova, it's probably looking relatively expensive. So I I would prefer Avita here.
0: Julia Lee, thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week.
4: Thanks, Pete.
2: This episode was brought to you by WCM Investment Management, a California-based global equities manager with an outstanding long-term track record. This chart shows the significant outperformance of WCM's quality global growth strategy over the past one year, three years, five years, ten years and since its inception. Investors can access the strategy via the ASX with their choice of an exchange-traded managed fund, WCMQ, or a listed investment company, WQG.
0: Well, joining us on the program now is the MD of ABB, Aussie Broadband, Phil Britt. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, we're talking just after you reported. I should tell you that Adam Dawes from and Partners brought you up on our program last Monday. So so he thought, in fact, I asked five of my experts, what's the company you want to hold for 2021? And I was a bit surprised that he came out with you guys. Not that I had anything against you, but experts often come up with well-known companies for those sorts of long-term holds. And uh, Adam came up with you and you've had a, a great week and you've reported pretty well. So tell us, for people who don't understand the company, what is it you do that... That has given you a competitive advantage in this you know, telecommunications space.
5: Yeah, look, the, the the space that we operate in telecommunications, NBN, highly competitive, and we've um, we've actually been a business that's been around quite a long time, nearly 17 years now, and um, we've we've built really smart systems and technology that allow us to onboard customers very quickly and easily. So um, it doesn't require a lot of staff time to do that. Um, And we've done it in a way that the customers uh, are really supported, looked after. And so our customer experience, and and that is the top of the industry. Um, No one rates higher than us for for customer experience. And so they get a really good quality product um, and they get an experience and support that sort of matches. So what it says on the box is what they actually get, which is pretty rare in telecommunications.
0: Okay, well, I should say to you, Major, I have a bit of a... um uh, indirect experience with your industry, because I taught um, David Chudhope from Macquarie, who um, created his uh, competitive advantage by always saying he was better than um, Telstra, and in those days they were exactly that. And also um, Vaughan Bowen, I taught him many years ago as well, both at University of New South Wales. And, 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 and in each case, they learnt to be more competitive than the big boys by being better at customer service. So this is obviously part of your competitive advantage. But one thing Adam said to me was that you guys are also saying that you can provide faster broadband download speed. Is that right?
5: Yeah, look, it, it all comes down to um, providers can choose how much bandwidth they provision per customer. Mm-hmm. And so we have typically provisioned more bandwidth than, than most of the market. And so we we charge more for that service and, and we make no sort of hesitations about that. But we make sure that there's enough bandwidth there so that in that peak time, that sort of 8 to 10 p.m. when everyone's home doing things, that there's enough bandwidth there so you get that consistent performance and peak speeds.
0: Okay. Now, I'm going to share with you a very personal experience. But I think my personal experience is probably representative of lots of potential customers you've got out there. You know, we we have a business, we employ well over 30 people. We sometimes operate from home. Uh, someone like me, I need to watch CNBC and Bloomberg on a very regular basis. And my uh, download speeds, you know, with Telstra are, is absolutely hopeless. Um, and so if someone like me, and by the way, I've even complained to Malcolm Turnbull when he was the Communications Minister, who also is my MP, and he, he denied the fact that my uh, speed was terrible and I tell him he doesn't know what he's talking about but we've been mates for a long time so he caught me criticising him but if someone like me wanted to go to you guys and say look I, I want to I run with you guys rather than uh, Telstra is that doable, is that easy to do and there's a consequence I might pay more but I, I get what I want
5: yeah, look, it's, um, you, it definitely is easy. There's a couple of ways. Some people prefer to act, um, interact online, so we make that easy if they want to sign up online. Or if they prefer to speak to our team, then our, our team basically walk them through it. And they talk through all the requirements. Like a lot of times when people are having issues, sometimes it's the provider issue, but sometimes it's the in-home setup as well. And so they explore that through like how big is your house? Where is the Wi-Fi equipment? Where are you using it Um, and all those sorts of things to make sure that they provide the right equipment to then make sure that the house has got all the coverage, it's got all the speed coming into it and go from there.
0: So you seem to be interested in doing something that a lot of the big telcos are interested in and that is actually keeping the customer happy.
5: Yeah, it's it's a strange thing, but we generally find (laughs) if customers are happy, they stick around, so.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I can remember once upon a time doing a whole series of business speeches for a big telco um, and, I, and I actually said to the, the business development managers, the, the one thing you want to make sure is that all your customers have your, your telephone uh, number in, so, in case something goes wrong. And the guy who was supervising me on this lecture to I said, Pete, don't do that because these guys can't do anything if anything goes wrong. And I <laughs> thought to myself, what kind of a business model is this?
5: Yeah, no, it's, uh, you've got to, and that's the key, like the, the, the ground level staff have to be empowered to be able to solve problems. It, it, it's constant. Oh, I've got to go speak to a manager. or I've got to put it up the line. That just frustrates people. So the, the team on the ground that are dealing with customers every day have got to be able to solve all the problems, not just a small subset of them.
0: You may reference to an NBN challenge uh, in your um, your report, uh, for your profit report. Uh, what's, the, what's the problem there of NBN?
5: So NBN has two different pricing elements. There's the, the connection to your home, and then there's the amount of bandwidth that travels through it. And so that second one is called CVC, And basically it's the water pipe and, and NBN throttles the water pipe. They give you a certain amount included for each customer. But if you if you need more than that, and the challenge becomes data or the amount people consume grows year on year by about 24%. And it's been growing that way for over 10 years now. Mm but the amount NBN includes doesn't keep up with that growth. And so that means providers either have to pay more for bandwidth or they have to slow down that peak time performance. And it's, it's getting to a point they've proposed now that they're not making any more changes till May 22. And the bandwidth is gonna grow through this year um, as it has every other year and, and it's gonna put pressure on people.
0: Yeah, and has the coronavirus and people working from home also increased the pressure on the system?
5: It certainly has. So um, it it has settled back down now, but every time there's one of these lockdowns like what's occurred in Victoria, we see quite a a traffic spike that occurs. Um, And particularly last year when there was the extended lockdowns, traffic was running nearly 40% higher than normal. And thankfully, the NBN helped providers and helped Australia by providing more bandwidth at no cost. But all of those um, assistances have now rolled off and we're back into a normal commercial environment again. Okay. Um,
0: As I pointed out, Adam Dawes, liked you for this year so what are you going to do to keep exciting the market and getting that share price rising as it has been
5: look we can still see plenty of customer growth um, um, in the in what we've got going ahead Um, we've got some new product streams we're we're doing a lot in the business space and really focusing there because that that helps drive additional margin and so on and then we're continuing the rollout of our Optic Fibre project. So that helps reduce our long term costs and, and those things. So basically more of the same of what we've been doing, but some, some new products coming down the line as well.
0: And, and what about the, the idea that Australia has become progressively, progressively more like it's normal Australia pre-coronavirus? Is that a natural benefit to you anyway?
5: Look, I think it definitely um, the the change to I guess more flexible working arrangements is going to help because it's really put a laser light on quality broadband. Mm. People now so much, so many of these Zoom calls and things like that are going on mm. that people are, people aren't going to risk having having dodgy service. So mm. it really helps us at the premium end.
0: Yeah, I know when I'm interviewing people, and some really seriously important people who've been working from home, and you realise that they're their service is such shoddy, they start twanging and all that sort of stuff. And you think to yourself, this is affecting the business brand when they can't Zoom or Skype to a, a really good quality.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It makes a, a huge difference. I'm, I'm coming from a hotel room at the moment, so hopefully mine's okay, but uh, normally it's, uh, it's spot on when I'm at home.
0: So. Oh, okay, so you're saying you're not using your, your ABB service today? Unfortunately, the hotel chain,
5: I mean, doesn't subscribe to us, but I'm working on that. So
0: <laughs> okay. All right, Phil, uh, thanks for joining us, and you've had a good year, and let's hope it keeps up.
5: Yeah, thanks very much for your time.
0: And that was Phil Britt, MD of Aussie Broadband. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you want to know more about some of the stocks we talk about, you can take a, a free trial for, with the Switzer Report. It's a 21 three day trial. A lot of the stocks we talk about, there's more detail that helps you understand why we might like a stock or why we don't like a stock. Just go to switzerreport.com.au if you're interested in getting some more information about some of the stocks that we talk about. Once again, thanks for joining us. See you next week.